September 13th, 2009. There's a Watt from Pedro show.
Delicious Yankees. You <laughs> Some people Matt. know to Watch do that. Pedro show on a Sunday in Pedro. Very gray. It's my first Sunday back from two weeks in Tokyo. And uh, I did get a sunrise. I came back Thursday. And um, I did get a sunrise, yeah. I got guests today. Um, Skipper Jeff, longtime oh. Pedro resident. Oh, boy. Knows all the... Um, Nomenclature. <laughs> Hardly. Right? <laughs> Learning. Comrade Parachnik, Skipper Jeff. And uh, Bob Styers. Good morning and afternoon. It's, yeah, it's noon, huh? Laurie. What, t- what town are you from? Are you in S- Santa Monica or Venice? Or? Mar Vista. Mar Vista. Yeah. In between the two. Yeah. It's from Tucson. Mar Vista, it used to be heavy neighborhood, right? Yeah, parts of it still Palms. are. Palms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, parts of Pedro are too. Yeah. Color. Skipper Jeff can tell you. Tell you what? <laughs> <laughs> heavy palms. You had a heavy wind blowing on you, right, the other day, the other side of Catalina. Oh, I, 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 fog. Oh, you're on the back side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got heavy. When did I go? A week. Spent the week before Labor Day over there. Yeah. Actually, no, I didn't get. I had wind on the nose until I got within a couple of miles of the island, and then uh, I said, "Screw this!" It was hitting 22 knots. Yeah. Right? I fell off and reached out and just sailed out for about a mile and a half, and uh, and then tacked back in, and then I got a beautiful tack taking me right parallel with the backside, and then uh, <clears throat> and then it just after about an hour. It just petered out and got hot and I'm just bobbing like a cork <laughs> but uh, came in and uh, it took a long time it took like seven and a half hours to get there that day you said to me something about you were glad your radar was working oh that was coming back yeah, yeah. coming back I hit socked in fog about 10 miles from the from the Angels Gate lighthouse and you uh, asked me about these pictures when I got my first sunrise I flowed and he thought one was AM, one one was PM. But actually, oh, yeah. the palm tree. Yeah, that was actually, a beautiful I knew better. picture of the palm. Actually, they're only an hour apart. Yeah, the sunrise is quick. Yeah, and that orange light sometimes is just minutes. Yeah, and then it turns into this, especially in the harbor, in this kind of blue platinum. Yeah, kind of thing. And it was calm. You know, first forty-five minutes of my paddle. And as I got to the angel skate, whoa! Of course, the muscles really that early. Up on me. It, it can pick up just like a that. daybreak. Huh? You know, a can boat, right? One of these. I thought I think it was called the South Ming or South Ying or one of the Yang Ming uh, can boats. The wake on that thing is nothing compared to the way some of these clowns yeah. in the little boats. Yeah, with no, no Karen. And, I just learned something about those container ships. They've got a. They, they used to come in full speed, and now uh, they've got to drop it down to like twelve knots. So, and yeah, really, they don't kick inside up inside the bright weight. water. No, even outside, and I forget how many okay. miles out it is. But but I wonder when uh, once they they're leaving. No, they don't put much of a jam up. But I mean, their size is so huge. Yeah. Actually, though, the trough is so wide. It's the little troughs. Yeah that are really deep because you nose in 
Well, on a first kayak, one. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And little that second one comes right over. You got a tandem one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You should have me a shot with the little <clears throat> nephew. Yeah. How old? Seven. See that? Seven cool. years old in the yak, bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I act like an eight-year-old, so I'm ready <laughs> most of the time. What about the orange sun? Is that's a petroleum no, thing? No, right? I'm saying you should do it. And yeah. he's got a dually. Let's try. So if you training need some wheels. training wheels, you know, <laughs> get the I'll be your training wheels, and we'll go out there. Got to kind of work together in a dually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to be in sync. But it ain't like you got to maybe mute that popular. Yeah. Or make it like give you a big uh, rub job. <laughs> right. Yeah. Where it's quiet, Bonus. just rubs on you. Oh. <laughs> It's not like a canoe where you have to bring the thing over. Yeah, so you're not no. switching. No, well, bringing it over, the balance thing. Yeah. But if you got... Back, you don't bring it over. No, for new canoe people, I've seen people go over just from yeah. canoe paddling. If you're not in sync, you're but slapping But if you're in tandem... Paddles. That's right. <laughs> slapping the back of my head. Yeah. <laughs> but with your, I don't think in a yak you can so much because... Uh, yeah, it's better if the person don't in front go just over. wants to chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, just... So the novice is in the front or... Yeah. I think so. Because yeah. I don't think so. That's what they do in airplanes, actually. That's right. Yeah. Man in the back. Yeah. But uh, we can do it. Sounds good. And Nikosan comes. Yeah. That's so cool. Now you got well, you got a fleet? Three? Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, got three yaks. Oh, oh, really? When Brother Man gets into it, he gets it. I got three seats now. I sold a couple of them. So now I just oh, got two oh, yaks. That's right. Seats. Neighbor Man? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's still accessible. So you're infecting people. Yeah, yeah. Navy's right. going. I'll probably pick one up next spring because I, I was there in May in Catalina. Yeah. And they sell the rentals off uh, singles for 150 bucks. You know? Whoa. Joel's rental like boats. They, yeah, some yeah. of them are kind of beat, but uh, some of them are cool. Yeah. Well, what are they, sit-on-tops? Yeah. Are they? Sit-on-tops, I'll tell you, man, you can get wet. Yeah. If you go early in the morning, you get cold. Yeah. I like being in the So cockpit, yours is sealed, you know? right? No, it's not sealed. It's a big whole cockpit. It ain't a little whole one, but you could do dry. If you're patient, you just wait for the water. I get it out as far. I don't even get my feet wet. Yours is like long, right? Like no, nine and a half foot. Mine's about mm-hmm. as short as they come because mm-hmm. I got to fit it in the boat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to put it on the other mat's close enough here where he can just wheelie wheel. Yeah, you just turn the garage to the yak club. Yeah. It's got little wheels. Roll it down but me, you know, I'd have to use rough rack. I'm not into that. Yeah, right. I paddle at Panama Canal. Oh, yeah, we got to hear this. This is your adventure. Yeah. 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 My brother Matt went south. That's why we didn't have a show. But I ended up not getting to do a show from Tokyo. I, I had no time. But first, let's hear your Yeah, I traveled five, five weeks this summer. I got some good vacation time. So I started off going to Amazon, flew down to Peru to Iquitos. Iquitos is a trippy place. It's the biggest city in the world that is not accessible by road. You got to either fly there or go by boat because it's just landlocked in the jungle. Um, so that was that was a bitching place. So I was there for a few days and I went out to the jungle. What'd you chow there? Um, crocodile. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, all kinds of fish. Crocodile. I went on this bitching journey into the jungle the first day I went. Uh, How was it made monk. up? Um, it was like kind of fried. Um, did little uh, fuego. Um, 
went on this boat with this guy to Monkey Island. Yeah. And they called it the right name. Chongo. The place is just full of Chongo. It's the Chongo. Yeah. Yeah. Chongo. So, like, the picture shows, I think, rotating there in the little frame. Um, and then from there, we went to this tribe to check out the Bora people, Jaguar people. Yeah. They're, like, really a tribe, you know, naked, walking around, grass yeah. skirts and stuff. And uh, they danced around. We drank this drink made out of jungle yams, and then they spit. <laughs> That's yeah, what it, makes it ferment. Um, so masata or something like that. I've heard about this. It's hard, it sits after the spit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this big old jug. So I drank some of that. I heard they have a punk rock version of the spit. It's, it's a little heavy, but... Uh, <laughs> you don't so have to wait. I think you just swallow that right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was trippy. Um, Fresh. No but I drank it, went in Rome. And... Um, the, the, Did you have trips? Now, were you tripping not, not on this? Not that part. Um, not that part. Not, not on that. Um, What's the Were you tripping like? on this jungle Beer? It like it's fermented it's uh, oatmeal, kind of. Like I've had that. Oh, maybe some hawkers in the movies. Or uh, a little thickness to it. Bitched out, mate. No, but did you get your barrage? I think if you drink enough of it. Uh, I just like, took a drink of that. I drank some other stuff that I hallucinated for days. Um, that was kind of the reason I went, because yeah, yeah. it's the original jungle medicine. But I'll get to that. Right. Uh, uh, so that was a couple of days later. Um, so we went. You flew uh, in and you flew out. Yeah, but I, f- I flew. Uh, the second day I went to the Boras right. and, and uh, drank the spit drink and, and uh, danced around. They painted our face with these nuts full of red stuff. Whoa. And then um, worked the blowgun, six Whoa. foot blowgun. Um, I didn't need six the Six foot? Yeah, it was That's huge. as tall as you. It was huge. I got one hanging. A uh, small one hanging there. Yeah. It's like a little two and a, a half white, footer. White mouthpiece? Yeah, yeah. Um, with little darts with jungle cotton on the end. Yeah. And they'll rub it on some frog. Right, right. Get the poison, poison frogs. And, um, but from like here to across the street, telephone yeah. pole across the street, I hit that sucker like two out of three times, man. They're wow. incredibly accurate. First one kind of floundered a little bit, floundered short because I didn't really know what I was getting into then. Yeah. I just thought big bong hit type breath. Yeah. Boom, man. That's like backward flu. Yeah. That's like flu. And, uh, yeah. How big's can, a needle? Um, I'll show you. It's like about six inches. Damn. Oh, Johnny Thunderstall. Yeah. Oh, I see. <laughs> a little quiver here. Yeah, a little Ooh. quiver. Yeah. So, yeah, about eight inches. A little spike. Yeah. And, and there's like a little piranha jaw hanging on there. And yeah. that's what you use as a file to sharpen. Sharpen it up. Keep them sharp. Yeah. So then after that, we, we uh, went fishing for piranhas. Yeah. They just make a bunch of commotion, splashing. The, it wasn't really a, a rod and reel. It was like a stick with a line and a hook. Yeah. You just splash around, put some bait on there, and just toss it out, and wham, hits it. Like snag. Yeah, it's like not even a contest. Um, almost gets boring after a while. <laughs> But yeah, but there's a way to do with uh, bait fish like chovies and minnows where they're just running in such thick schools. Yeah, yeah, feeding snag. frenzy. I got some old videos of tuna fishermen doing that. Yeah. Just like three guys on a hook. Just whaling uh, yeah, them Yeah, man, that was total man work because uh, it was to- so strong pulling these suckers. Right, and they're right. pulling in like two or three a minute. So uh, is it like a gaff you're using or no? It's a line. No, just like line, a, just a line. The wire, wire style, the wire yeah. leader, you know, because they would nibble. <laughs> Right. that sucker but I was swimming in the river too and the prawns are like nibbling at your legs Jesus um, they're like not as not as vicious as the movies you know if you were a corpse they'd gobble you but you know as long as you shake them off they, yeah. they don't Jeez. want it how um, big 
little little red bellied piranhas like perch five size. six inch like perches yeah yeah um, but they weren't so intimidating but they got some snappers on them um, and then we went on some jungle hike that was that was trippy you see some ants like the size of your pinky finger Whoa. giant big black ants all kinds of trippy bugs I got the bitchin' butterflies see that big old blue butterfly on the wall there yeah that's a blue morpho that's the blue morpho yeah so so yeah Jack Flanders the Jack Flanders and uh <laughs> And that's the place I stayed at, 55 kilometers, because, like I said, Iquitos is just in the middle of jungle on the river, basically. Right. And um, there's just, like, one... There's It's a city, then there's just one highway goes to this town called Nada. Not like, Nata. Like, no, no, Nata, like oh, N-A-U. Oh, like swimming, Nata Torin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, more related to that as opposed to nothing. Um, oh, before I went out there, though, I went to this town, Belen. Yeah. Um, which is supposed to be like the Venice of the Amazon. Yeah. The city on the river. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not so Venice-like. It's uh-huh. more well, like, like a, a lagoon. Sh- there wasn't shanty a guy town, in Shantytown slum. Um, but it was really trippy. There's a bunch of pictures it's on there. It's like town sh- shanty Shantytown slum. Oh, like Shantytown. Like, like a total yeah. slum. Uh, I know um, Shantytown. I saw them in Sao Paulo. Yeah, it's all rickety and uh, just wooden slats. Like you got for fellas. Yeah, it was crazy. There's Portuguese there, right? They're speaking. Um, mostly Indians in this town. Um, it was like a big big uh, marketplace like a big fourth world market they weren't really associated with countries they're more oh, still tribes right and it was trippy there were some crazy stinks you know some places you didn't want to hang it stunk so bad whoa but uh, maybe turd. it was wild it was so thing. packed uh, yeah because they're taking dumps in the river they're yeah, taking yeah. baths in the river they're washing their clothes in the river yeah. they're getting buckets of water to cook with and drink from the river it's yeah. like their life it was really wild to see all this stuff going on. And if you're going to drink it, they just take that and put it there overnight so that all the dirt, because it's really red. Now, this river, the tributary um, off the This was Amazon. a Hitaya, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, there's so much water down there. Yeah. But they saw the pink dolphins in the Amazon. Did yeah, you? Yeah, there was a, like a dozen of them around their boat for about an hour feeding. They were pretty big. Wow. Um, and they're totally pink. So you were in a boat? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was in a few different size boats, like... They got these dugout canoes. Like, uh, I'll show you some artwork. You folks at home can't see it, but you can imagine how bitching it is. Um, Like these little dugout canoes. Oh, yeah. They put like a little egg beater uh, motor on the back. Yeah. And that's like the transportation. Everybody's got one. Um, And they got like regular paddles, but they're a little bit more pointy at the end. Yeah. Uh, Made out of little Amazon hardwood stuff. But uh, yeah, it was bitching. So. I tripped around the town of Bilan, and, and there was, like, piles of stuff you never seen before. You can't even identify. And there was stuff like piles of crocodile meat and chicken, chickens alive, chickens dead, uh, fish, flies all over everything. Yeah. There were deformed kids in the gutters. It, it was, like, totally, like, not like the markets <laughs> Los here. Los mutantes. <laughs> totally not like the markets Mom, here. Cole. Not Vons. No Vons and shit at all. But, uh, so... I tripped around the jungle for a few days, and I went out, took this bus out to Blue Morpho, which was like 55 kilometers out into the jungle. It's a bitchin' little compound out there. And that's where I had this wild, I guess you could say, shamanic journey. Because yeah. um, they had some health frustrations that Kaiser's not covering. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's like, let's just wait and keep watching that uh, nodule in your x-rays until we can chop it out. And, yeah, right. Yeah, or let's just, we'll just call it a, acute abdominal pain, you know, yeah. to take these Vicodin. 
So I wanted to take a little bit more of a... Was that part of the reason for the trip? Yeah, To, to yeah. purge a little? Yeah, it was the major La Perga. Cool. So we went out there and uh, had a machete and cut bark off of trees and yeah. cut vines and, yeah. and picked leaves and put it all in this big old pot and cooked it up. Yeah. And for five days drank it. Yeah. And that was like the wildest thing I have ever done, probably. Um, yeah, it was a major purge. Did you get some uh, visions out of this? Uh, I had three days of pretty crazy hallucinations. Probably like, I've had some like, hallucinations, but these were probably the most vivid, wild hallucinations. Um, yeah, and, and you're puking and shitting and convulsions yeah. and fever, sweating and a little puddle on this wooden floor. Yeah. And there's like 30 people in this hut in the yeah. total darkness all puking and screaming. And, yeah, it was insane. And the, the shaman... There's a team of shaman just doing their thing, shaking their rattles and stuff. They, got a, they had like leaf rattles. This is the ayahuasca. That was what it was called. This is a little slice of the vine. Ah, uh, so um, yeah, it was wild. They're just like snake charmers in a way, you know. They're yeah. they're doing their rattles and singing their songs, whistling their tunes, and working the energies and working yeah. the spirits of the stuff. So that you know, they just start whistling, and each thing is like communicating with the medicine this yeah. is the original medicine they've been using for thousands of years and people yeah. have been going down for getting cured of cancer and AIDS and drug addiction and depression and uh, whatever as yeah. long as you're alive it can fix you um, whatever your deal is so how many um, people were in this uh... there were like 30 so um, yeah they're just like doing their rattles in the dark it was yeah totally puke bowls yeah you get a little puke I got a picture of me in my puke bucket there. So, yeah you um, were like washing the deck with it no, no, you just get a puke bucket, a little pad to lay on, a little cup with a little bit of water because you can't drink. you got to just wish right. your mouth out and roll a toilet paper to just wipe your mouth or blow your nose or whatever. So one night I, I just, man, I said I got apnea, so he did a special little whistle into my cup, you know, so you get a little personalized medicine. The medicine knows what you need. Yeah. You don't have to tell it anything, but... Uh, it was crazy. But does he um, direct it a little bit? Yeah, or, yeah. He activates So they're like snake elements. charmers, you know, they'll change the song. First they're just whistling, like... <laughs> then you start chanting, Limbia Monge Medicina, Limbia Monge Medicina, Limbia Monge Medicina, Ayahuasca, Puro Puro Medicina, Puro Puro Medicina, na, 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 na. So, it was crazy. Each time they, they, they change the songs, they have different songs, all... They have hundreds of different songs for whatever. And as they change the song, then you just everyone's chilling out, then they change the song and then everyone starts puking. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. It's and dry heaving and crazy. Some people don't puke so pretty, you know, so some people are just groaning and yelling, crying, hysterical laughing, total wretch in the hands and knees. It's, it was insane. Um, you know, but after five days, of, if I was like living at a, like an eight on the pain scale, when yeah. I left that place, I was like at about a one and a half. You know, so I totally felt like a totally different person when I when I left. Great. So yeah, it was really an insane, crazy experience. But I would do it again. Um, uh, so yeah, Hamilton and Don Alberto, those guys rock. They they run the Blue Morpho place, and uh, Hamilton's righteous because. Don Alberto's old school. He doesn't speak English or nothing. He's just this jungle cat yeah. who's like multi-generational shaman. He's yeah. learned from his grandparents. And Hamilton's this dude who had whatever his deal was and 
and decided to go there, you know, yeah. follow his instincts, and and so he's been there for ten years. Ten years. Has he got so, a website for this? Yeah, yeah. BlueMorphoTours.com, I think it is. All one. Yeah, word. yeah. B l u e m o r p h o. Yeah. T o r t o u r s s dot com. Yeah. So he was an awesome link between old school and the West, basically. So. He knows all the songs, and, and he's totally for real. Um, but he's totally, he's totally cool. You know, he, he slips into some Pink Floyd in his songs, and he put a little personal touch on it. So it's like really a cool connection. Because uh, I wouldn't have got the same out of it if I was with the old school guy. He was really beautiful. His songs yeah. were like listening to some Native American holy man war chant type thing having yeah. him sitting right in front of you singing these songs in the dark was wild with hallucination just coming off of him and stuff um wow. so it was totally heavy and that dude is totally like a, a jedi you know you're tripping and then they start talking to you about whatever you're tripping on so it's like they're in there the with tour guys for the trip yeah, it's like man how do you know what i'm tripping on yeah uh, <laughs> wow but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like the, the you, love you I felt from the medicine that. was so insane, you know. Because I figured I knew this old Lakota holy man who used to say, "If he was as patient or as wise as the trees," you yeah. know. And I thought, "Wow, that's kind of a unique perspective." And so I kind of always kind of wanted to taste that or see what that's like. So I yeah. had a little chance because you think there's humans, there's animals, there's yeah. plants, you know. And plants, Indians always said they're like plant people; they're just different life form you know yeah. they still communicate and whatnot yeah and um yeah they've been around longer than the other ones so theoretically yeah. they could be way more intelligent they've been here for every era and period of history yeah so they know some stuff and uh they let you know that when you drink that stuff down that they, it was like a it was totally like an alien experience this interspecies love thing you know yeah uh, it was really heavy and really wild and and when I first heard about it like 10 years ago, I thought it was like an exotic drug experience. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to find the right place and the right time, and, and the Blue Morpho place turned out to be the, definitely the right place at the right time. And um, it really wasn't the exotic drug experience. It was really a, a, like a sacred medicinal yeah, thing. Yeah, healing. Yeah. Yeah, so that was really... When you come out of this, is this when you did the Machu Picchu? Yeah, first, because I, uh, I just had part of my trip planned, but I know I didn't have to be back to work for a while. Yeah. And I wasn't sure how I'd be feeling after that. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't sure I could handle Machu Picchu with, you know, the altitude and the yeah. physicalness of it. And it, after I left the place, I felt good enough to do anything, so... Bring it on. Yeah, so I flew out of Iquitos, and I went down Lima, flew to Cusco. Yeah. Went to Olean Taitambo out in the Sacred Valley and, and caught the train yeah. to this little town, Agua Caliente, which was really bitching little Inca town. There's no cars or taxis or nothing, just little tiny roads. There's hot springs there. Yeah, hot water. Um, yeah, and um, all kinds of restaurants, pizza restaurants. This Peru, Peru, like the national food is probably pizza. You know, and the national songs are probably Simon and Garfunkel songs played on a flute, which is pretty weird. But uh, no apinatas. I gobbled some alpaca down there. That was trippy. Yeah. Um, and this little town was cool. There's only a bus, and the bus takes you to like the base of Machu Picchu. So I, yeah. I got up at like 4:20 in the morning, and um, imagine that. <laughs> well, my I got to pick a time, so I made a strategic time. Then you started huffing. 
Yeah, the bus took you to base. I hoofed it, hoofed it up there in the dark, you know, so I'd be there for sunrise. Yeah. And then you're up there, and, and you're in the Andes. So yeah. you're totally up in the clouds in these killer high mountains. And, and so the sun starts to come up, and you Is see all the bus ride right scary? It no, like- it, they got it pretty civilized. Okay. Um, What's the elevation? Uh, uh, it's like... Cusco is like 9,000 feet, I think. I think Machu Picchu was a little bit lower, so it was like 7,000 feet, but it was still kind of high for me. That was goblin leaves. Um, you know, and those things really helped, the coca leaves. Yeah, Did yeah. you uh, sweat out a lot of weight also in this other purging? Man, I sweat, uh, I puke, I shit. I mean, so you dropped a few pounds? I dropped some pounds, yeah. I put pounds on when I was in Panama later because they had all Good kinds job. of killer grub. But, um, yeah, I dropped some pounds at, at, uh, at Blue Morpho for sure. And then so hiking you, all did over. Did you catch the sunrise? Yeah, yeah. Because the sun starts to come up, and then wow. you're in the cloud. Yeah. And then the mist starts to lift, and then it's like, wow, there's Machu Picchu. Yeah. And it just like the more the f- mist disappears, the more Machu Picchu reveals itself. And yeah. you start hiking around and seeing different sections, turn a corner, and it just unfolds even more. And yeah, yeah. It's definitely one of the wonders of the world. It was really righteous. Yeah. to be up there tripping around and they let like only so many people a day like 2,000 people a day so and those people come throughout the day not everybody's there in the sunrise right. um, so it wasn't like ever feeling overcrowded or nothing like that I was by myself most of the time sometimes I see somebody and they would take a picture so I got some pictures that's pretty rare um, but yeah it was really cool so i climbed all over that thing all day long sometimes i get kind of tired and I stop and chew a handful of leaves and then yeah i think what am i standing here for it's like well those things started working so i'd, I'd walk a little bit more and and I'd sit there again chomp chomp the leaves yeah they didn't have the wheel no it's amazing it's were, like a lot of they mystery they were hoofing on all that yeah oh the way they got all those rocks up there yeah and the stonework is so intense and perfect and straight you know it's fitting like, together the, yeah yeah oh. it's really amazing workman, workmanship you know what I forgot to talk about the music we started with John Coltrane and Miles Davis doing two bass hit and alternate version and then um, I played you Maggot Brain from uh, last Wednesday I played with Brother Sister Daughter and uh, Jim O'Rourke joined us you go on drums, shimmy on guitar. And Nell's on tour with Wilco, so he was in there. But, so bitch in uh, Japan. I think Mr. Shimmy channeled some of uh, the energy there. Cool. I got to play with him twice. I got to play with Migu too, and I got to record an album with Mr. Jim. One of the dudes at Blue Morpho was a total Nell's Klein fan, fanatic. Really? Like, yeah, Rob. He he totally digs on Nell's. We got to flow him some music. Yeah, he might be down here visiting. He's from San Francisco, so oh, wow. He's playing tonight with G. E. Stinson. They got oh. a new record. Huh? Oh wow! Is that the one in New Rock? Tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I saw a lot of friends over there, and um, you know, we'll play some music from uh, some of them, and. Uh, Come back and hear the rest of your story.
Watch from Pedro show. Well, we started off with the sun sank from light. I played the rough when they recorded it in Maryland last May, but this is the real deal. They started their own label. Brother June's got a label now called I Want the Moon. <laughs> Great labeling. And then Obayuki uh, is like the jefe for light. And his brother's got a band called Clean Accor. You heard Nocturne after that. And then we heard uh, Rando Suru Salaryman. I didn't play with these guys, but they want me to put bass on their uh, record. Did you get to see a lot of cool new bands? Uh, Yeah, I got to see some great bands. Uh, Right right when I landed, I took the bus from Narita, and uh, two blocks away was Super Deluxe, this club Rapangi I played before, and Alan Silva had a 15, 16-piece orchestra of uh, jazz and improv musicians. Jim O'Rourke was one of them, too. And he did these two big movements totally unscored all cued on his hand gestures and stuff yeah it was wild he's great he's like 70 years old in the greatest wow. shape played with Eiler uh, and uh, Sun Ra it's pretty incredible and then uh, I played with brother and sister daughter but they have their own band called Migu and I'm on a few of the songs on the new album so that's the album you're talking about that you're recording and no the one I recorded this trip is with Jim O'Rourke. Okay. And uh, it didn't get finished yet. We got one more to work. It, I'll get into that later. That was a very interesting process. No, Miku's third album's called Pulling From Above, and they had an album release party, and I played that. So I played with them twice, his brother, sister, daughter, and as a guest of theirs for Migu. And they have a keyboard player now. His name is Sakana, which is made fish. So I call him Mr. Fish. <laughs> Sakana uh, yeah. Hosomi and we heard one of his songs uh, a new record of his called I Fly With My Little Eyes <laughs> oh, I had a lot of good chow man you can overeat in that land <laughs> in fact uh, I went to Sukiji, which is uh, on the docks you know their little version of Pedro that's where they get all the fish for the sush pads and stuff chow pads mm-hmm. So you eat the sushi there, it's right out of the water. I've never had, I mean, whaling ass, fresh, you know, early in the morning, I hoofed over there. I stayed at this pad where you conked on big, thick uh, tatami mats, you know, like an inch, inch and a half thick, and they sliding paper doors. I mean, it was really wow. old. Some old lady lived there a long time, and she passed away. These cats got it. It's kind of like a guest house. And... uh yeah, the cicada, they call them semis. It's so loud. These are them for little pets flying like on the street? Like power tools. No, these were, you know, in the trees somewhere. I mean, I at first I didn't. It's not crickets, okay? Uh-huh. Is that oh, your... Uh, not me. How big are these things? Well, I saw some dead ones in the street. They're dying now. You went like the but, most hot, humid time of the year. I mean, I, no, maybe yeah. a couple of weeks before it would have been, but it was, oh, yeah. it was pretty sweaty, you're yeah. right. Mushiatsui, they say. And But then two days of typhoon, like uh, rain went sideways. Oh, wow. It really wailed on Okinawa, but it got up to Tokyo, too. I walked from the studio. You know, it was nothing. It was sweaty in the morning when I went to the studio, and then walked back in this stuff. I did a lot of hoofing. In fact, this leg got all swelled up. Uh, it's, back down now 
I'm afraid to buy. They ride on sidewalks and shit. I'm going to do that. We're at the end of the first hour, uh, September 13th, 2009. Watch Pedro's show. Hold tight for hour two. September 13th, 2009. It's a walk from Pedro show, second hour, and uh, Jim O'Rourke made a new album where he plays everything. And it's called The Visitor, and it's one song. So we're going to listen to it now. Cool.
Live from Pedro Show, that's Jim O'Rourke with his new uh, album. Cool. And song <laughs> called The Visitor. And yeah, it's wild. And getting to record with him. Now, it's one of the few times I've gone in the studio with nothing. I did it on purpose. No bass licks. Or... And first he played bass with me. So two basses. And came up with some jams. And then he'd go back, go back, okay, now let's put something on top there. Put something more on there, more in there. You know, and he kept asking me, you just play bass? He said, yeah. So sometimes I put some more bass on there. But uh, I told him at home I'll write up some spiel. Because if I would have wrote spiel there, I think it would have been a uh, waste of time. We had a studio in uh, Hachijoji called Gok. And pretty cool room a lot of history to it too a lot of the studios are very expensive so this is one of the Econo ones it was right next to a a, a dance school for uh, hip hop jazz tap <laughs> cool little fusion <laughs> I didn't see it you know I didn't look peek through the window maybe I should have he said sometimes you can hear him, though, tap it up if you're doing quiet music. Then other times, um, he, uh, he'd play piano to me or he'd play drums. And we got a, a, an album worth of stuff. Now, his idea, you know, usually when I record, it's to capture performance of people playing. And, you know, you add some things, but it's usually that performance. Mm. But his thing is, like, you take that as just the foundation and then you build stuff on top and you... Uh, springboards other ideas hey why don't we try that because we did that and this and that it's very interesting quite a man cool and then outside the studio too I got to play with him and Kira Sakata and Pikachu she came up from Osaka wild drummer running around the room and screaming and singing playing drums and actually that was a pan shitter for me where I couldn't snap out and terrible I thought and uh, Kira Sakata's from 60's free jazz man that cat could blow he told me about doing gigs in um, Mongolia yeah some wild stuff we went to a Kimsa these coffee shops the records were real expensive after the war this one we went to in uh, Shimon Kanazawa Nirazawa uh, was built in 53 it opened up and uh, these there were these coffee shops yeah I love it beautiful where they could just buy coffee and then hear all these records you know oh, the wow. cat who owned the place uh-huh. would uh, collect they have all these records that's neat actually Mr. Scott saw the Hiroshima gig of Co-Train in 66. Oh, wow. Mm. And he said, you know, Co-Train blew for over two hours. Gig's over, and he goes backstage to get his, uh, get an autograph. And he goes through this door, and Co-Train's sitting there with a towel wrapped around his head, and he's pracking. Wow. <laughs> he's pracking yeah. right after the gig, you know. <laughs> you know, and blowing hard. And, you know, that's the last year of his life. He's kind of sick. Back to scene where Elvin said he was holding his side a lot at those gigs, but yeah, he was just driven, man. He had he had to practice. Uh, 
done. <laughs> Signed his thing for him, went right back to the prac. Wow, cool. Yeah, he was an amazing cat. You know, in his 60s. He had a stroke a few years ago. Still blowing wow. like crazy, man. Yeah. Great uh, life-affirming thing. Uh, then I played a wedding party. And uh, the, the, the bride was in a dance company. And uh, that's how she met her husband, Mike, who had Super Deluxe. One of the first gig I ever played in Japan without being with Stooges or uh, mm. Jay Maskus. And uh, she asked me to play the Stooges' little doll, and she danced <laughs> Stooges' little doll. Cool. Yeah, it was pretty well. She had a shaker in her hand, wearing a white, you know. She didn't, she wore our kind of uh, tradition. Uh, yeah. He wore their kind, because uh-huh. it's mixed. Flop. His mom and dad came over from Fresno, you know. It was a trip. It was a trip that... I never played a wedding party mm-hmm. before. Now, what kind great. of set? Did you play a different set because it's a wedding? or? Uh... I never played a wedding party before. I played, well, we started with the little doll and went into some improvisations and then ended up with Fun House. <laughs> nice wedding. <laughs> cool. Oh, yeah. You know what? The older people, no one was bowing on it, you know. It was wild. And I thought, man, this is a wedding and their happiest day of their life, so I'm going to play crazy. Uh-huh. You know, they didn't. Care, cool. like a guy didn't go. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, they were in everybody there. It was, it was beautiful. There was a cat before us who did this thing called throat singing. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. And he was doing Daisy, Daisy, give me your answers. You know, wow. <laughs> it's kind of a mix between that Gyoto monk yeah, yeah. and an Aborigine didgeridoo yeah, thing with his throat. Huh playing acoustic guitar this cat was great some trippy stuff wish I would have got some music from him I talked to him for a while yeah yeah and uh, so those were the four gigs in the recording that's what I did there and ate a lot of good chow cool um, not like your trip but this is my fifth trip there in two years it's a while yeah and I'm going to go back December 30 to January 9 to make another brother sister daughter album with Nels and play at Ujami Kano 2009 Mini Festival on New Year's. Oh, cool. They call it the countdown gig. Uh, That's what they call because I guess you count down the New Year. New decade. And then, uh, yeah, the new decade. Yeah, and we'll be able to call these the teens. It's so yeah. hard to give a I name know. to these. Yeah. We call them the old. The knots. <laughs> the knots. The new teens. <laughs> okay, Brother Matt, you want to flow and... Uh, Cool. Give us the privilege of your imagination, creativity, cool. via your spin cycle. Gracias.
you very much, Brother Matt, for another Ooh. installment of your spin cycle. And what was Thank the you. impetus and inspiration? A little jungle, uh, jungle fever flashback, I guess, and the whole, uh, the whole ayahuasca. Yeah, the whole trip kind of spilled over. Ideas like <laughs> blow darts. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. How accurate that sucker was. Yeah. Well, you did Pedro Proud. Cool. Represented. Cool. Thanks. Today I was on Ambassador status. Yeah. Now we're at the end of the second hour of September 13, 2009. What Pedro show. Hang tight for hour three. September 13, 2009. It's the third hour of Watt from Pedro show. And we got part 10 yeah. of Jack Flanders in the White Castle. Jack. Uh, sorry to bother you. But have you seen Jack? He went off to the French Quarter looking for you. Hmm. You seen Dominique? She was in a bar in Ipanema. You seen Claudine? She's probably reflecting. Hmm. Where's that? The hall with all the mirrors. Bonjour, Claudine. Who is that? Can you not see? Yes, I, I can see. So, you see me. Who are you? I am one of you. One of many? Yes, one of many you. What do you want? I want to be you. Are you not me? I want to be the only you. What will happen to me? You will be my reflection. Oh, I see. Well, don't turn away. What? Look at me. So? You cannot escape me. No? You cannot escape from yourself. Am I trying to escape? Oh, everyone tries. And everyone fails? There is no escape. Tell me, are you hungry? Oh, I am so hungry. Then let me feed you. Oh, there are too many of us. Look all around you. Yes, I see. I am everywhere. We are all your reflections. If there are so many of me, I think I'll have enough for everyone. I'd find you here. Yeah, here I am. What are you drinking? Mm, Robo juice. What's that? God knows. I told Shorty to bring me a bottle of scotch. <laughs> Who's Shorty? My midget valet. Let's see that. Hmm. Black and white. Yeah. Pour yourself one. You know, I think he's the devil. Who? White? He's the white devil. Uh, not the red one. He's a high-techie devil. <laughs> yeah, probably. Maybe even a biotech devil. Ah, uh, yeah. Huh? 
Who knows? I was in the French Quarter looking for you. Oh, yeah? I know why you're looking a little depressed. Yeah. Is that movie still playing? <laughs> Looks like the old jealousy demon got you. No, I think it was my stupidity demon. <laughs> you know what they say about hell. No, Mojo, what do they say? If you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> and don't even stop to smell the roses? Oh, those roses will bite your noses. <laughs> You've been there. To hell and back. Really? When? You know, uh, the dark night of the soul? You've been there? That's why I say, just keep going. Is there really a light at the end of the tunnel? You can count on it. Can you? You know what? What? You know what the Moroccans say? Uh, no. What do the Moroccans say? Little by little, the camel goes into the couscous. Uh, thank you, Mojo. Now, uh, beat it. You ought to get some sleep. <laughs> See you in the morning. Little by little, the camel goes into the couscous.
my friend Ed And even though he's not with me right now I feel like he is Here's to my friend Ed To my hero and friend Patience is something that I have learned from you, my friend, along with many other things. Where do I begin to thank you for all that you've done, my hero and friend? From Pedro Show. That was um, Jack Flanders, part 10. Two more parts to go. The White Castle, um, courtesy of Meatball Fulton and ZBS Media. Z is in zebra, B is in bathroom, <laughs> and this S is in shipmate.org. Check it out. Wonderful stuff. I first heard it when I was a teenager, staying up late at night and listening to KPFK here, Pacifica Radio, and these trippy mind movies would come on. The first one was Fourth Tower of Inverness. There isn't, there's, there only has three towers, but sometimes you can see a fourth one. Yeah, check check them out, Skipper Jeff. <laughs> then we heard something from uh, Scotland. Uh, Andy Gallagher and Overhaul with Hero and Friend. Um, Brother Matt, we got to return to your journey. Now you were up climbing around the rocks. And yeah, I climbed all over. Pizza, alpaca. You know, the trippy thing, I was talking about the pizza and the food. Yeah. French fries. When you order French fries there, they stack them like ruins. You know, like they're blocks and ruins. If you get rice, they put it in a little mold like a pyramid. 
So that was trippy. And then I went and hung out in Lima for a bit. Lima used to be the capital of the of the New World. Um, yeah, under Spain. So there's all kinds of history there and stuff like 500 years old catacombs underneath the churches. Yeah. Uh, killer ceviche too I saw Pizarro's remains because Pizarro's the, the explorer who uh, found conquered the Incas and, yeah killed the last Inca king <laughs> and uh, so I hung out there for a little bit that was that was trippy uh, to get a little bit of city life after being out in the jungle and is out there a lot the of ruins. monuments to conquistadors there there's uh, we got Juan Cabrillo here they, they got their their monuments and stuff a lot of a lot of their influence is definitely known, mostly in the shape of churches, yeah, right, and big old buildings, but major churches, and uh, catacombs underneath. There's like a few hundred years worth of bodies because they didn't have cemeteries yet. So, right. Um, so after that, um, I got a bus and went down to Nazca. You know the Nazca lions. Um, so that was trippy. Got in a little tiny Cessna plane and uh, flew over the Nazca lions. Yeah, so, so that was really wild. Nazca lions are these, these people didn't have wheel. Okay, the, the Americas, the New World didn't have the wheel, but some people built roads like the Incas, and or maybe people before them. Yeah, Nazca was before the Incas. Yeah, that's right. The Incas before. just kept taking over and assimilating all the people prior right, to right. them. So these roads, something very straight, very very straight. What happened was, we got airplanes and stuff. We found out they were actually designs, and they looked like spiders. And yeah, monkey, road runner, bird, bird, monkey. Yeah, and uh, which is amazing because they wonder why. Because no wheels, you know, you're running. They have guys on the chocho. Probably <laughs> 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 they're like two thousand years old, but no one really found them till the nineteen forty. So theory is maybe these cats had, since you know, maybe making them, you know, all. I don't want to say all, but good guess that a lot of the ancient religions all sky-based. So, you know, they're given designs. But to have them so straight and all this, they think that maybe these cats had hot air balloons. Hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, actually did see them from there. Yeah. Eric Von Doniken says they had alien contact. Right, right. <laughs> He's, there's Chariots kind of, of carvings, the he says. Yeah, they made their heads like, I saw some of those skulls that were all elongated. They put yeah. the boards to try to wrap them up and that was trippy. right right but it's kind of like uh egypt of the western hemisphere going yeah, down to Peru. Right. there's so much stuff down there it was really wild the plane ride was pretty wild too i've never been on a plane like that i jumped out of some planes a little bit bigger than that but that was like a contraption um it was a pretty wild adventure though so i did that and then uh some say also that those shapes were a shamanic exercise yeah. they put the guy in there and you had to stay there until you were able to elevate yourself to see to what see the shape was. So, um, yeah, all kinds of theories on the mystery of the place, alien landing strips and stuff. Right. Um, so then I was towards the end of my trip, end of the third week, and uh, so on the way home, I had a layover in, in Panama, yeah, Panama City. And this it was is where you really chowed up. It was so nice there. I just paid the penalty and stayed for three days. Because um, that was like some cool beach time. Like New York has boroughs, Panama City has districts. They got, yeah. I think, nine districts. Some of them you don't want to go into. It's yeah. like old U.S. base. They're just squatters and drug houses. Since the U.S. pulled out, the Colombians kind of filled in that void. So there's a bunch of different problems and stuff. But 
um, some of those districts, a couple of them are like New Orleans, you know, because they got old Spanish and old yeah. French, yeah. you know, architecture and stuff from the French canal builders. French actually were the first ones to try to do the canal. Yeah, yeah, and now... I think the bugs stopped in malaria. Yeah, they kept getting fever. sick and dying and stuff. It's interesting, the museum at Miraflores Lock shows a whole, in, the whole history yeah. and all the different major... Uh, contractor engineer guys and all the different technologies that kept changing that made it happen and now they're building new locks for his big old wider boats he's yeah. carrying big yeah. boats and right. once those are done they're kind of going to shut this harbor down because they're going to bypass the whole Pacific coast wow big sense and just uh, go straight to the Gulf or East Coast so that's a big project supposed to be done in 2014 which is going to be the 100th anniversary of the canal yeah. so it's going to be like a big double party so uh, the the district I was in there was called the Pattaya. It's kind of like a cross between Miami and Las Vegas, you know. So it's kind of like the ritzy zone, big yeah. old high rises all on killer skyline, casinos and everything. So kind of that was like, yeah, a bit more merch, bit more expensive. Some of the districts are really. I met this old black guy who grew up there. His dad was a canal builder, and and so he just took me all over the place. I got to go where the Panamanians go, and everything was way cheap yeah. and really cool. The buses are wild. They're like old-school buses. They totally paint them up. Called they Red use Devils. U.S. dollars? U.S. dollars. They mint their own coin, so it was still quarters and dimes, but instead of, like, Washington on the quarters, Balboa. Um, <laughs> so that's trippy. You can still use it for phone calls or parking meters here, though. Um, but all kinds of killer grub, you know. Um, there's so much commerce there. There's 375 banks in the banking district because all the business that goes yeah. through the canals. A lot of boats are flagged Panamanian. Yeah, and uh, it costs. Monrovia, some, some of these little countries. I think they have kind of slack. Yeah, it's like a little easier, less regulations and stuff, less tax or whatever. But uh, it costs some bucks to get through there. Yeah, I think that the container oh, ship I was watching it costs like 350 thousand dollars go through the canal and they got to pay in advance there's no and how many uh, places no do you have to pay this you know there's uh, you just got to pay once but you got to pay before you get there so it's got to be handled no credit no credit but that's for um, a big ship three yeah the smallest Camo. the smallest fee that ever was paid i think was 30 cents or 80 cents and that was by halliburton richard halliburton swam through the thing in like the <laughs> 40s or something like that um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of different elevations. Which is why they got a lot of different locks. Yeah, it was really wild to watch that whole process. I saw a big Toyota car carrier and some yeah, big I see gold, the pictures uh, here. Yeah, and a cambo. Yeah, so that was wild to to watch that whole experience. And uh, then I put in right there at the Miraflores locks and went paddling, and that was wild. Wow, yeah, some of my canal. yeah, that was some of my wildest paddling. I think probably having six rum and cokes for breakfast. <laughs> help that day but uh it was really hot and there was kind of a, a stiff current plus i was flying out that day too so i didn't have a whole lot of time but i got out and paddled for a couple of hours and i was bitching but i kind of went big in the hotel there uh, it's probably one of my nicest hotels because i'd just been sleeping on in the amazon i just had a mat and a mosquito net and some bungalow yeah, and then uh, other places I was just staying in like hostels and and had it like a twin size bed. I hadn't had that since I was a kid. So when I got to Panama, I wanted to have hot showers, big beds. So I went big, and, and it was really comfortable and killer there. So it's really a neat city. I'd like to go back and dig on some more Panama because um, it was wild. The people were cool, and there's lots more to see because I really didn't leave Panama City. There's the whole Caribbean side too. Yeah. So. And a bunch of bitchin' beaches and, and all kinds of islands. That's where the Shah 
went after they ran them out. That's right. Um, Contadora, I think. Well, not a few islands out there, but uh, since my time was kind of limited, I just kind of checked out Panama City mainly. But all kinds of cultures there, all kinds of religions, all kinds of people, since it's such a hub for commerce, yeah. there's people from everywhere. Um, so all kinds of bitchin' food. So how many how many countries on this trip? Just uh, Peru and Panama. That's Two. it. I went to Costa Rica beginning of summer, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, was, that was a cool summer. That cow wants me to come down and play. Yeah, yeah. You got contact with him yet? No, I haven't. Yeah, Huntington Beach guy. Him. Mike, the Huntington Beach guy. And he's got his own little pad. There. Yeah, right there in Langosta, which is right outside of Tamarindo, which is like the surf town that you see in Endless Summer 2. And, uh, yeah, it's a really cool zone. Samuel's got a pad right down the street from that, that dude's pad. <laughs> yeah, I would like to play there. Yeah, it's cool. And it was it was uh, a lot of expatriates in both those places, lots of retired people. I met a bunch of people in Panama who were Americans who had moved there or getting ready to move there because they just feel like America's economy is being raped and people are filling their pockets and it's not about the people and they want to get out of town while they still can. So um, dollar goes pretty well there and it's a similar system and people were friendly and cool so um, it makes it for a pretty easy transition. The weather though. It's totally different. Because <laughs> <laughs> the equator is... Yeah, that's the neat thing. The time doesn't really change. You know, the sun comes up at 6, it goes down at 6 pretty much all the time. A little sweaty. Yeah, way. <laughs> Intense race, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, totally get fried easy. Um, I got fried in the speed. jungle. Yeah, I had to wear my hat when I went swimming because uh, you get baked. But you can deal with it. What temperatures are you talking about in Panama, Panama? 90s, 100s? I would say upper 80s, 90s, but with the humidity, the humidity factor, it's like a whole different quality. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But it was doable. I had shorts on, so so your tourists, people don't wear shorts down there. But I, I figured, heck, I'm going to wear shorts. I don't care. I'm what about those shirts? <laughs> Panamanians? You got a hat. The Panama, Panama oh, hat. that's a hat. They're really made in Ecuador. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah they, like the hot dog. They, that's like Panamanians, a hat. The guy... Guy with the Dodgers used to no, have the Rito. Uh, the shirts, the fancy shirts. Oh, the little ruffled thing guy there. Uh, oh, God. I can't. Bahama. The or, They're big in Cuba. Too. Like uh, not Gaucho, uh, just not not Gestapo. Gauchos uh-huh. are cowboys. But uh, Lafayette Pinkai, that's where he's from. So he's a big hero that's down right. there. That's right. Pirate feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Hippodromo. That's the racetrack that was like his old home turf there. So you saw he's, some ponies? Uh, they weren't running the days I was there. Oh. But uh, they got cockfights, too, totally legal. They got arenas for cockfights. There's about t- 10 different arenas, I think, wow. in Panama City alone. I saw yeah. a horse track in Tokyo. That's the airport is named Takuman, ta- something like that, and it's named after Taco the... Man? the uh, ta- Taco Man? It looks like Taco Man. That's what I called it. Um, now I can't think of the real name. But that was it's named after the first president's fighting cock because it was like this championship rooster. And it's legendary, so that's the name of the airport. More than Walton Cox, One Marshall was into that, you know, the pitch. Southern Cal- uh, Carolina, South Carolina. Yeah, Gamecocks. Yeah, Gamecocks. Yeah. South Carolina, USC, Columbia. Well, that's the thing. Trojans, yeah, same condoms, mm-hmm. Trojans. You know, everything's connected. Yeah. Uh, 
You didn't go to any cockfights, did no, you? No, no. Next time I would like to yeah. trip on it. I don't know. About that. For humanitarian reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the odds. Give Raymond a rapport <laughs> since he's got Place my bet. pit bull fighting. <laughs> yeah, they got a bunch in Hawaii, too. I just missed checking out. They clear out a little space in the cane field and do it up. Let them go. Yeah. Some of Nanny's, um... Well, she saved some, huh? Have, uh, you can see the breed. The, the spurs on these things are gigantic. Oh, man. Whalers. I had one... One day they, they had a... What's his name? Alan. And he had his cut off, but he still wants to do it on you, uh, on my leg. This is nature, huh? Luckily, he didn't have them. Some of those... I'm talking three, four inches. Big wow. spurs. Uh, Turkey's had some big ones too. Well, on the fighting cocks, they put blades on. Yeah, them. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, just nature gives yeah. them some big yeah. ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big ones. They have high lie down there. Or? I didn't see any. I don't know. Hmm. That's in Vegas. They had some, some really Spain killer Latin jazz. In Panama City, had some really killer Latin jazz. Heard some cool stuff there. What about in uh, Peru? Did you hear any music? Yeah, I heard that Simon and Garfield oh, right. flute music all over the place. Jeez, man. It's like bridge over troubled water well, with you know a the Sam Fear-like sound. On the pan flute. They're the original. They're the indigenous New World instruments. They even have stringed instruments. Mm. Spanish brought those mm. things up. So it was all pipes uh. and drums in the old days. They're keeping it alive. Sometimes in Europe, you'll see little groups of those cats doing busking. Huh. Kind of mix with the guitars and uh, flutes. Mm-hmm. They're singing. It's just some like, techno Inca dude with his get up playing his flute and had his little gear there throwing down beats and playing his flute. It was kind of trippy. <laughs> yeah. Little merge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I picked world. up some Inca beats. So do people chew the leaf down there? Um, yeah. He was chewing yeah. them, didn't you? Yeah. Was, yeah. We just yeah. had that, I figured. Yeah, oh. pretty cheap. I got a big old bag. I left it in a hotel. I, I brought all kinds of tea and candy back, but I didn't think that the bag of leaves would go over too well. Oh, yeah. them, so. <laughs> but I mean, without all the impurities, it's probably a lot, you know. It ain't like honking a rail. No, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's more, a little more healthy without the, uh, you know, additives or whatever. Yeah, it works though. It's real subtle. Yeah. It was real subtle, but it, it worked. Yeah, it, it wakes you up. Bitter you going? to taste. I mean, is it like to chew on tobacco? Or? No, it's like getting a handful of leaves from the lawn, and they're kind of crispy and crunchy yeah. until you get them loosened up a little bit with some spit. Your teeth get green? Um, no, but you kind of spit out this. The, when you when you're done with it, you got all kinds of little bits and stuff. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it wasn't that bad. It was a unique cultural deal when in Rome. Yeah. Better than coffee? Uh, I don't know about that. It was different. Yeah. It helped with the altitude better than coffee. Yeah. I didn't hang out in Cusco for that long just because it was way higher than than, uh, Machu Picchu. So I just kind of checked it out and cruised around and then passed through because I could feel the headache coming on and I figured I'm just going to keep moving, go go drop a little bit down and make my way to the big daddy of all the ruins because after climbing all over that thing all day uh, it was kind of ruined for ruins you've seen the big daddy you don't need to really go check out the other ones as yeah. much so um the sacred valley i just kind of passed through 
mm-hmm. um, instead of climbing all over each and every one. I, I felt pretty satisfied as far as tripping on ruins. They call it the big <laughs> Got any like advice that. for people? Go for, for it. Go for it. You know, I'm not too fluent in Spanish. I, I would say I don't speak Spanish, but I did pretty good. You know, my Spanglish rocked, um, and it just good kept getting Latin. better. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, people were friendly. Uh, soles is the kind of money is like three soles for a buck. Yeah. Um, things were, were uh, affordable. Um, you know, I think just just go for it. Don't be afraid. Just Just do it. Um, check out your internet sites and get some cheap airfare because you can get com- some deals. And uh, hotels were cheap. You've, you know, you can have a really nice, clean place for 40 bucks. So that makes it pretty affordable and doable. So, yeah, I think just, just go for it. It's really a, a neat place full of all kinds of culture, history, archaeology. Um, yeah. And they got these... And the health, the health thing with the shaman... Yeah, yeah, that that you know, if if uh, you're, you're curious about that at all, I would say go for it. It's not for everybody, but you know, it's it's you're better than going to, and getting getting a new yourself. prescription or something, you know, yeah, or, yeah, or yeah, having right. to get hacked up or something. It's worth checking out some of these alternatives. And that one's like it in for a dollar. Yeah, day. that one's been around for thousands of mm. years and it's been working for people. Nobody's really died from it as far as recorded history goes. You might die from other things, but um, yeah, it's just straightening your energy out. And you know, it's like people ask, "Does does it make you sick?" And it's like, not particularly. You're already sick. It's like bringing it out of you. Yeah. It makes you uh, sick to get the impurities per- out. It works. It basically it's a hell of a process. Yeah, Lepurga is is a harsh process, but you know, it's better than keeping the stuff in you. Um, yeah, when you're done, they're like little spirits or whatever, and it was like. Sometimes you're puking from places you didn't even know you could puke from, you know. And maybe that's from the yeah. toxins. Yeah, and yeah. They just changed the song, Purga, like purgatory. Man, it was like a little. This one moment was like a Pink Floyd cartoon. You know, this thing just started coming up from I don't know where, and it didn't want to come out. And I said, "Get the fuck out!" And then I started to taste some bile, and then I could see it just like burst, and I just started Launch. spewing all this carbonated tasting crap. Did you get different um, tastes? You know that aftertaste yeah, was, was all different. Kinds of weird, stuff different than pukes coming out. Yeah. It was insane. All the puke you got. I wonder's a bile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really crazy. <laughs> but I'm glad I got it out. Billions. How many? How many days of that? I did that for five, five days, and some of those days were like they seemed like lifetimes. Sometimes, mm-hmm. um, yeah. The time it's like nonlinear time, you know. Um, so. You can cover a lot of ground in one session, but you just don't. There's like no telling how long it lasts. It was really crazy. Was it like with all the visions? It was like a dream state. I mean, you never really nightmare or the whole time. dream. Yeah, yeah, so one or the other. The inferno or anything. Everything is every time is different too. It's hard to like speak of it because it's kind of beyond words. Yeah, um, experience. But um, yeah, it, it, the medicine knows what you need. You know, you can kind of have some intentions of what you want, but it knows what you need more than you do really um and it goes to work altered states yeah totally (laughs) totally i would do it again no they say once you do it it's in you for like six months to a year as long as you're respecting it and stuff so um i want to see how it how it unfolds um and then uh maybe go for it again because the people who run the place rock hamilton and don alberto and their team were really top-notch first class and uh, 
yeah, they do it right. You're protected because there's lots of witchcraft brujerias, brujos, and stuff out there in the jungle. People practicing their own, in their own, Bruja. yeah, Bruja. whatever they want, witchcraft, whatever. So this is like a good, safe place where you're protected. So, yeah, it was it was really wild. What's the total quantity that you consume? Um, I usually went for the shaman's recommended dosage. Um, people go up and uh, say how much they want. So the first time I did, I got it like a quarter cup, and then the next time, I thought, well, that was that wasn't as intense as I thought it would be. It was still. I got lots of purging and healing done and some neat hallucinations. But the uh, next time I went, I, I said, I'll take the shaman's recommended dosage, whatever you think is perfect, and then some more. And so I got like a full cup that night, and that was probably the most insane, wildest, craziest night of my life ever. <laughs> um, and then I stuck with the shaman's recommended dose after that, which was usually like about a half a cup to a quarter third or third cup now is that um, a tailored dose to use specifically yeah, because of your size each person gets their own yeah so he looks at you see what knows what you need and then whistles your own little personal at carl's is or what the songs are called whistling or singing the songs are very carl's like magical tunes snake charmers that style, must like. be the real that's what, that's what really activates uh, it i mean yeah because like uh this one lady she was depressed and had problems with whatever and and she, she was done with that in one night and then uh one night she she said something about uh, apnea so I, I said you know can you do anything for apnea and that night i ended up like blowing my nose like about a whole roll of toilet paper you know so wow. it was trippy so it was more personalized and i said what about like teeth grind in there you know um, and that night i had all these wild sensations shooting through my head and my jaws and uh burning yeah it was like feelings that you never like i never felt anything like that before do anything with the ears i've heard of this where they put this call like it's like a cone well ear cones yeah you can do that here shoot the flame down and part of it was the idea to open up your ear yeah yeah it's trippy yeah you can get those at a health food store here they're like little bee wax honeycomb type things they light them on fire called a neti pot that's like a little teapot for your sinuses oh okay Uh, that's trippy too but uh, yeah you don't get that stuff at Kaiser Um, (laughs) (laughs) hey no you were in uh, you said you were in the same room with the same group for five days yeah, that's really Did you ever get to leave? Oh, yeah, yeah, you still got your own place, but there were, like, for two nights, you did ceremonies back-to-back, then you got a night off, then two nights in a row, then you got a night off, and then one more. And there were other ceremonies, like Inca uh, ceremony, Inca fire ceremony, and, and this one, Karmalinga, or, uh, Kar- it was like this tree medicine that heals you in your dreams. So I used to never dream, but since I've been back, I've been having some dreams. That's pretty trippy. Um, so you had a cr- like a, a separate crash pad from the, yeah from yeah you got your own little bungalow space um, that's where the your own mat and mosquito net you got like a tiny room and then this was like a ceremonial hut puke bowl yeah yeah your puke spot you had your own bowl and stuff in the daytime was like this big hammock lounge there were like all these hammocks hung around in a circle so you can go in there and just snooze I usually go swim in the lake a couple times because it was so hot then come and chill in the hammock lounge and then go swim in the lake some more and then chill in the hammock lounge and then kick it for a little bit until ceremony time. And then that lasted from like 8 to midnight. Although 
just because it's midnight doesn't mean you're necessarily done. <laughs> yeah, <Tripping>. right. <laughs> so, so some people... Third stone from the sun. Yeah, some people like go back and they're still going strong. Like this one night I thought I heard some crazy sex, animal sex coming out of the jungle. Like, wow, what the hell kind of creature is making that sound? <laughs> and it was some girl in her bungalow freaking out. You know, so she definitely wasn't finished yet. And, uh, <laughs> the entity, what was that? Wow. Yeah, it, it, the entity was killer. The yeah. ghost sex scene was wild. Yeah. That is. That yeah, Barbara Hershey. That's yeah, intense. Yeah, that was great. That's um, a movie. Now, is, are you fasting during this? Um, well, you, in a sense, you don't have dinner on those days, and your diet is definitely restricted. Like, I only had lukewarm water to drink for like two weeks. Um, no juice, no fruit, because you got I still can't eat pork for another couple weeks. Um, so for like three days after the ceremony, you can't have sugar, fruit, juice. Um, like spicy stuff is restricted, salt's restricted. You can't have sex for so long. You can't have alcohol um, because you're straightening your energies, and all those things have their own different energies. Yeah. Especially sex. If you have sex, you're not only having sex with the person you're having sex with, but you're having the energies of everybody they've had sex with, and it, so it's like this giant confused energy. So since I you're kind of open nightmare. and susceptible, while your energy is getting straightened. Um, you open yourself up to some craziness. You know, somebody had some fruit or something, not on my trip, but I heard about him from a previous trip. And uh, he ate some fruit and forgot his name and forgot all this information um, just from eating some sugar or some fruit or something like that. So um, I figure I went to great expense and great, you know, effort to get there. I'll play by the rules yeah. and yeah, see what I get Well, out. you're taking it out. not So you do, if yeah. you take something else in, then it's going to throw a wrench in there. Yeah, but it almost sounds like a rehab, you know? Well, <laughs> some people use it for that. You yeah. know, people well, get rid of their addictions in, in one day, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, you can use it for that. Everybody's got their own deal and purpose for, for going and doing it. But, uh, yeah, whatever you do. Like, I got some blown discs. And I, I didn't think that that was going to be affected by the medicine, but it's been feeling much better yeah. since I did that. I just found myself, when I was on it, just doing some weird yoga moves. And I don't know yoga moves or anything, but they just came out of nowhere. And uh, mm-hmm. so for a couple nights I was doing that, and I was all hunched over when I got there. And I, I was just walking upright and... Like I said, I went from like an eight to a one and a half, you know, on the pain scale yeah. through that whole thing. So, yeah, that was really, really amazing. Sounds right, she's brother man. Thanks for sharing cool. your journey with us. Cool. Let's hear some more music.
we sleep all day and night, then we will never fight. And she told him that he's a hurt, now everything's alright. And bouncing down the avenue, the less I see, the more I do. Who told who about that night? The gossip here at Fogs, the streetlights of our New York story. It's just a With Mr. So and So, and they had touched deep in the dark. Did you hear that promise? The city of lights, it has me needing just to be with you in our New York story. Another New York story. The city of lights, it has me needing just. Brother Matt's got something to talk about, to add, about one night, right? Oh, we were just talking about how the, the energy, it's all about straightening your energy and, yeah. and ki, chi, prana, or whatever. This one night, I went to my room and was kicking in my tent afterwards, my mosquito net, and I thought I left my light on in my, because yeah. you got to have a flashlight, it's so dark there. And uh, I was glowing. You know, it was totally, I could see myself in the pitch black. It was really wild to have, like, be so lit up with the, the energy. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and so it was, yeah, it was crazy. And uh, the sky, I never saw a sky like that, you know. I've seen some bitching skies before, but in the deep Amazon, it was the most beautiful, insane sky I'd ever seen, like shooting stars constantly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really Artificial wild. Artificial light. Yeah, crazy storms right over your head from the lungs of the earth. Yeah, long wild. Uh, some music we just heard. Uh, Neptune's Car was a band in the early 80s. They had Scott Krauss, Peruba on the drums. He flung me this uh, song called Lucky Charms on Neptune's Car. Old Cleveland scene. And uh, then we heard uh, something for Skipper Jeff from Joe Bouchard's new solo album. What's it called? Juke. Jukebox in my head. Jukebox in my head. We heard a song called Running Out of Time. And, and we uh, are. And then we heard uh, a New York story by John DeFries. John DeFries has a new solo album. But you brought over a book. Yeah, Blue Oyster Cult's Secrets Revealed by Martin Popoff. Yeah, Martin Popoff's a cat from Toronto. He does a... Riff Kills Man. I know that book was quoted in it. He's been to... Last time I saw him, it was at Massey Hall, or Stooges. Canadian guy. Yeah. <clears throat> like the Beauchard brothers. And, uh, yeah, this is this one's been sitting around. Beauchard. Uh, I'm passing it on to you. He's got a newer one that's a little bit more elaborate with more photos. Uh, and uh, I can't part with that one, Mike, because it's got everybody's, including Buck and Eric's autographs. So. <laughs> got so, the Beauchard brothers? I got, yeah, Martin had him sign it what, for Alan me. Alan Neer? No, Alan's, uh, so no, not, Alan's still, he's on the lamb, but he ain't no sheep, man. So. <laughs> still need Alan. I think he's in Florida or something like that. But, uh, he's originally from Alabama or something. Yeah, last time I communicated. He grew up with them. Off the radar. It's no. like the outside. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, there's some, uh, in the newer book, I'm not sure about this one, there's some interesting stories about his pad that he had down there by Times Square, hanging out with Jim Carroll and... Patty Smith was his girlfriend. And Patty Smith and a lot of people spillovers from uh, Warhol's factory. And they, that was a wild place, I guess. You know, I was on the at the airport coming back to Narita. I had to get on the plane. Nine-hour flight and 17-hour time difference, so you get home many hours before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> Magic of time zones. But there were some cats in line, young people, that had a band from Wyoming, from Laramie. And uh, they, they gave me a song of theirs, so I'd like to pick, play that. Also, uh, Lou Barlow made a record with Ben Lee uh, called Noise Attic. You know, Lou Barlow's going out with my missing yeah, man. Right? Yeah, yeah. All these people were asking, hey, you're coming to my time. I said, no, that's my missing man. Because <laughs> Lou really dug on, we did some dinosaur gigs last tour. He said, hey, why can I borrow your missing man, Tom and Raul? Bitch, sure. So it'll be. Now, is that Barlow the tour to the with that album? Man. When's that? September 30 to oh, November wow. 11. And Lou, of course, plays bass for Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. So let's listen to that, man. Push 
Watt from Pedro Show. Last music for today. Started out with Teenage Bottle Rocket, those cats from... Oh, Yeah, my ma's from my own, so the other side. Laramie's in the east. It's kind of near Colorado, it's in the southeast. When their tune was Bigger Than Kiss. <laughs> and then we heard uh, a band called Eight Bark doing a cover of Minuteman song, Cut. Minuteman song, oh, yeah. Cut. Oh, I like that one. And then we heard Noise Attic doing Drop the Goat... Drop that ghost. Yeah, it's machine. Yeah, that's it. And then we heard uh, two things from some Italian musicians. Untitled First Boom by Stefano Palia, and then Untitled Improvisation from Andrea Belfi, live in uh, Nijmegen. He did a gig. And the percussion guy, drummer guy, and Stefano Palia, the guitar guy. And those are the two musicians I'm going to make an album with and do some gigs, four or five gigs in Italy at the beginning, end of November, beginning of December. Yeah, to make an album in Italy with Italianos is great because my mother's people are from Italy. So Mm -hmm. I look forward to that. And Sam in England with our cuz thing. So I'm going to have an England record, Italian record, and two Japanese. Bitching. Yeah, it's great. Uh... We didn't hear a lot from you, Laurie. I'm sorry. Visible guest. <laughs> she she got and, off light. So, radio audience, she was here. Glad you made it. And Bob, thanks for coming aboard. Skipper Jeff. Thank you. Big respect. Brother Matt, thanks for sharing your Amazonian journey. Pleasure. Slash Panamanian. Yeah. Cool. I can't remember the name of those shirts. Oh, yeah. Puffy shirt. I'll find out. Somebody write me and tell me about it. Um, It's been September 13th, 2009. Watt from Pedro Show. We missed Peak. Sorry, Peak. See you next time. Keep your powder dry.